It wasn't really all from New Japan, though, now, was it? No. <laughs> I know where most of my enjoyment came from. Indeed. We're talking about Wrestle Kingdom in Yokohama, um, a by-promoted card between New Japan Pro Wrestling and Noah, though it was really New Japan's kind of home court advantage. They were at Yokohama Arena, um, and they were kind of hosting the deal, as it were, with some unwanted visitors in certain cases when it came from Noah. However, it made for a show that felt exciting rather than, oh, <laughs> like this was a massively superior show to the second night of Wrestle Kingdom. It was an incredibly superior show to the first night of Wrestle Kingdom. Everything that was on this show, even though it didn't really matter in the greater scheme of things, felt like it mattered which couldn't be said for a bunch of stuff that happened at Wrestle Kingdom on nights one and two, where a bunch of stuff happened that was supposed to happen, supposed to matter, and didn't. So this was a lot more fruitful when it came to producing stuff that people cared about, which is really the whole point of professional wrestling, isn't it? Yeah, like, this is what you want. You want people happy to come to your show. You want people excited to see what's going to happen. Hell, we even had to wait a few extra days because it was an Abima, Amoeba? Amoeba. Amoeba TV exclusive. So we didn't get this until like nearly a week later, and yet we're still excited to bloody talk about it. So Did you watch it on World or Universe? I watched it on World. I watched it on World too. Um, it is coming out on Universe a little bit. I think um, uh, Stu and Mark have to put a commentary on it because they weren't there at the time, because Kevin Kelly and Chris Jarton did it. Um, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Kelly and Chris Jarton were hilariously during the uh, Funky Express match, and so I'm sure Stu and Mark are dead happy about this, which was hilarious, considering that match wasn't that great. But yes, um, it was really, really cool, uh, and just a really good show. I just want to get that in there, like how much I love this professional wrestling show compared to the previous efforts. Yeah, I, I didn't feel the need to skip through this one. No, everything was kind of semi-vital, at least, even though none of it really mattered in the great scheme of things. Everyone's kind of gone back to their corners, licking their wounds. So we'll see what develops from here. But let's get from the beginning. Kose Fujita from New Japan Pro Wrestling wrestled Yasutuki Yano from Noah uh, to a time limit draw in 10 minutes. Noah Yano being the youngest person on their roster at 21, and Fujita being the youngest person on New Japan's roster at 19. Fujita is the more experienced amateur. He wrestled at a higher level than Yano, um, but Yano is a broader depth um, professional wrestler, having been at it a lot longer. And this was a whole lot of fun. Ended up with Yano in a Boston Crab for about a minute. So, yeah, what did you think of this one, John? Yeah, this was one of the sort of rather fun matches in that it just felt like two young wrestlers battering the shit out of each other. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong, battering the shit out of each other kind of becomes a theme throughout the whole show, but... Again, oh, it was a bit with, snug, this show. <laughs> with Young Lion matches, there's so much energy because it's like you've got 10 minutes, go out there and prove your worth, and they always do. Like, this yeah. was a draw, but, like, I don't feel shortchanged because it was a draw. They both beat the hell out of each other. No, this was good. This was fun. And, uh, yeah, Yano's got the experience edge. And it was an interesting contrast in styles because, of course, like, Noah don't have, uh, as Kevin Kelly put it, they put the governors on the Young Lions. The Noah Dojo Wallers don't have the same restrictions so that they, they can have more depth. Uh, I think Christian had a good analogy for it. More broader approach, but maybe not as much depth on, on fundamentals, whereas New Japan is very much about depth in fundamentals. So, yes, I found it an intriguing matchup and a match of styles. And it's very much King's Road versus Strong Style in its purest essence. And that was cool. That was nice to see. 
Um, it was sort of the perfect way to sort of show off the difference in styles that was going to come out throughout the night. Speaking of difference in styles. <laughs> Dad violence. All that violence. Old men hitting each other quite hard. Funky Express, Akitoshi Saito, King Tani and Mohamed Yone lost to Hiroshi Tenzan, Satoshi Kojima and Yuji Nagata in 12 minutes and 18 seconds. In the slowest moving six-man tag you will see all year. I'm not saying it was bad, but it was incredibly slow. Like, see, you know, you've seen six one. people move more slowly. Glaciers move quicker than these six, but it was fun. This is the match I wanted to go to a draw because I didn't want either team to... Of course you didn't. <laughs> It could have been an half-hour draw and people have only got three moves in. But, you know, um, I love that. I didn't realise that about Sato, like from Charlton's um, little bio of Sato. Started in FMW, then moved to PWFG because, obviously, having Atsushi Nitra as a boss wasn't stable enough, so he went to go wrestle for Fujinami. <laughs> it does explain a lot. It explains why he's a mad old bastard. Really, that's what it explains. Um, yeah, no, this was fun. Um, Danny did get the frog splash in, and Sato got his delayed suplex, and there was Mongolian chops, or Yokohama hammers, and <clears throat> everything you expected from the dads and the funky uncles. They to kind of really showed again just how much of a shooter Yone can be when he's in a serious, like a semi-serious match. I he's actually doing sorry, most of. He was doing most of the heavy lifting in this one. Yeah, I'd like to see a Katisha Sato versus uh, Yuji Nagata. I think that'd be a corker. I think like proper mix master styles, and that'd be really cool. I'd well, like to then, see that. It was funny. Uh, wrestling put out a question. It was like, oh, if one Noah star could be in the G1 this year, who would you pick? And I picked Saito. <laughs> just because... <laughs> I want, like, salty old bastard funky man just kicking the shit out of everyone for the entire G1. If like, you didn't could... even have to win a match. He just beats everyone to within an inch of their life. Similarly speaking, who would you have from New Japan in the N1? Ooh. Again, you just... I'd probably pick Nagata for the same <laughs> reason. Because Nagata can match that sort of Noah heavy-hitting, very technical style. Plus, he doesn't care about getting hurt, so he'd probably lay it in just as heavy as he'd get. Fair enough. I think that's reasonable. Like, um, yeah. with these sorts of questions, just always pick a dad, because the dads <laughs> will match the styles, they'll put the younger lot over, and they will take and give out the most hellacious of beatings. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Chaos, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshihashi, of course, your IWGP tag team champions in Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto matched up with their um, Hontai partners, Master Wato and Raisuke Taguchi of New Japan, and they defeated Dake Inaba, Daisuke Harada, Hajime Ohara, Kenya Okada, and Yoshiki Inamura in 11 minutes and 42 seconds with an epic standoff between Tomohiro Ishii and Yoshiki Inamura, the relative brick walls of each promotion hammering the seven bells out of one another, and it was a glorious thing to see. No selling here, my friends. This was all about hitting each other really hard and doing it over and over again. And there's there's a singles match for you, Ishii and Inamura, though I think Inamura kind of wants to have a crack at um, Kenta when he gets back off the shelf. Um, I think Kenta wants to have a crack at him. But yeah, this was exceptionally good fun. Um, just... There was kind of like, they're both Hontai teams, they're both fan favourites, but it was kind of like, well, we're both willing to cheat just to get that step ahead. That was the story of this match. And because Chaos used to be rule breakers, they're much better at cheating than the Noah lot. So there you go. <laughs> What's your this thoughts on this the, one, John? This was the first match where you noticed the difference in intensity. Yeah. Because most of this match was Ryusuke Taguchi getting the shit knocked out of him. <laughs> like, the Noah team, from the very start, were just firing haymakers. Like, there was no <laughs> relaxed shit. This was full-on Noah attacking as Noah does, and New Japan kind of having to deal with it. <laughs> they don't like Taguchi much, do they, Noah lads? They no, really did pick I, on him. I suppose because Noah's a lot more of a serious company, it's like, oh, look, it's the ass boy. Let's kill him. 
Wato stepped up here. Like, yes. I I can't complain about Wato in this one. No. I, mean, I haven't been able to really complain about him for months, but like. No, your new I... IWGP number one contender is taking his status in the company seriously. He still looks goofy as shit. Well, he did manage to get a, a New Japan t-shirt out the back of the cupboard from somewhere, because I don't know when they released that t-shirt, but I think it was about 1988. <laughs> he, he held his own nicely, but yeah, the real the real money is in Ishii and in Inamura. Yeah. Like, their standoff and just the blows from it were nightmarish. <laughs> I will say none of the know a lot saw themselves short. They were all excellent and they really put some work in. Um, but I, I was wondering how long it was going to last because Yoshiyashi and Hiroki Yoto are billed as the best tag team in the world, which currently in the New Japan universe they are. So they're not going to lose, are they? <laughs> I think this is the most fun Goto's had in a ring in ages. I think Goto and Yoshihashi are riding on a cloud. It's kind of the same thing when. Um, Finjuice won the tag team titles they seem to be like on a cloud for about three months until they lost the titles and it's kind of the same kind of thing with them too they're loving life and they are genuinely feel like one of the best tag teams in the world and they wrestle like one of the best tag teams in the world plus you know, Toto comes from the division where you hit bastards really hard so. yes. yeah interesting finish to this Yoshihashi wins with a Boston Crab which was a, a message being sent out there because Yoshihashi doesn't only use the Boston Crab as a finisher because he uses the butterfly lock so uh, it was kind of like we can beat you with our young boy moves that was the that was the deal I think it was more a case of the Noah lads wanted to lose to a submission Yoshihashi can actually apply properly <laughs> it looks like it hurts it used to cinch that butterfly lock really tight when he first started doing it it looked vicious but I think he was cranking a few too many necks and they asked him to calm down a bit. Yeah, but now it, it, whenever I see him apply the butterfly lock, it just looks too limp now. So it's kind of yeah, just like, oh, yeah. you're giving him a cuddle. Oh. <laughs> hey, Yoshihashi, full-time great wrestler and a sweetheart. Indeed he is. Oh, God, I just saw Tokyo's number. Tokyo <laughs> number. Tokyo's number one boy, as Juice Robinson calls him. Show... <laughs> of New Japan Pro Wrestling, defeated Asushi Kutaje in 8 minutes and 20 seconds. Now, this was one of the hotly anticipated matches of this particular card on the grounds. It's one of the few single matches between evenly matched wrestlers who are kind of in the same place on the card for both companies. But it's a douse of torture match, so you kind of have to factor that into the result, which was disappointing. I think the first 8 minutes were fine. It was the last 20 seconds that was a bit of a problem. It started off nicely enough because Cottager just wasn't falling for it. It was like, mm. oh, you want to play rough, do you? All right, I'll kick the shit out of you on the ramp. And they did end up having some like really good moments in it. But like, there was that moment where Shaw just takes out one of the Noah ring attendants and just starts giggling like he's sort of a naughty schoolboy. And you're just like, what the fuck is this? Is this... <laughs> Is this sure now? It's like your name is Murder Machine, not Mischief Machine. Christ, do some actual murdering. Mm. Yeah, (sighs) difficult to get excited for it when we knew what was going to happen. But it was fine up until a point. There comes a point where, you know, like where show gets the upper hand late in the match, you should just stop watching and then move on to the next match. (laughs) I think you see a spanner just skip ahead. It's over. Hmm. Uh, we'll move on to Hayata and Seiki Yoshiaka from Noah. They defeated Ghetto and Taiji Shimori in a surprising little match. I thought this was all right. It got no love from the cage match users. He rated it slightly better than Kote J versus Show, but I like this. Um, yeah, I've not seen the cage match ratings. I'm just using New Japan's site. Um, Show versus Kote J got 4.22. Well, that's fair. It was slightly under average. This got, four, this got 4.48, which I didn't I didn't think it was bad. It was a bit sloppy in places, but I didn't think it was a terrible match or anything. It feels like a bit of a... Like, I get that they're going... Like, a lot of these matches are all based around, like, intercompany storylines. Yeah. But I feel like if you've got 
like the junior champion in Hayata. You want him in a bit more of a high-profile match than a, like a tag match, the third match on the card. You have to do bear in mind, though, I suppose Ishimori is the greatest GHC junior heavyweight champion of all time. Yeah. He holds the record, so... It would have been fun to have those in a singles match, though. It would, but they but don't again, want to give that away for free. Or just on a, on a charity event, they want to do this like properly. We didn't mention that, actually. This show was for the Japanese Red Cross, so all profits went to them. So, which is good on New Japan and Noah. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think that's the thing, is they kind of want to build to something bigger. And Hayata has got an awful lot going on in Noah at the moment. <sighs> but yeah. It was all right. It was a bit. Yeah. Why do I have to sneeze at the worst moment? Bless you. There's like there's this awkward there's this awkward sound where you expect me to fill it in now. I'm there just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this match was fine. Like I didn't hate it. It was very short. Yeah, but they had an awful lot to fit in. There was more. This was kind of like a Noah kind of style of like match delivery, like bang, 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 as opposed to like a New Japan. Bang. Bang. <laughs> Bang. Actually, speaking about match length, there was a very interesting point brought up earlier on Twitter. Was that Deppen? Yeah. Yeah. Like Tony I'm... Deppen is wrestler from Ring of Honor slash uh, GCW. Karen? Because I'm kind of guilty of thinking this as well. Sometimes, purely because of how matches are now. But he was like, oh, wrestlers have been... Sorry, uh, fans have been overdosed on so many 20 plus minute matches they now consider 12 minutes short i mean there was this was an argument years ago when okada and tanahashi were at their peak of their feud at wrestle kingdom and some of the voices of wrestling actually said you know the rumor as it they were going to go for an hour at wrestle kingdom oh god it must be seven years ago and someone said one of the voices of wrestling's guys i think it was joe probably said you know hour-long matches should not be attempted in this day and age. No audience could hold their attention. Well, we've proven that wrong <laughs> on numerous occasions from numerous different companies. Um, but I think I think it's fine. The match, it's not necessarily the story length of the match, is it? It's just telling the story. And if it works, it works. And if it's too short, it's too short. If it's too long, it's too long. But I think, you know, it's something that... New Japan could be guilty of saying they have done too much of in the last 12 to 18 months as they've struggled to fill rosters, so therefore they've had to do it. But that's not the reason to do it. The reason to do it is to tell the story the correct way. See, I love it when matches are like... Like, 12-minute matches are great because mm. you get a nice amount of action and you don't have to spend forever writing them down. <laughs> she was a reviewer. So, so is it easier to be a TV reviewer or a film reviewer? Because you want a TV show can only last 45 minutes, whereas a film lasts an hour and a half. So, yeah, anywho. But let us move on. Suzuki Gun, Duki, and El Desperado, your IWGP junior heavyweight champion, deleted his La Paras del Mal, Masawarongai, and Yohei in nine minutes and nine seconds in a completely fun blast that was, you know, as they said, as uh, Charles said, no um, hipster luchadors out here. They were all proper. <laughs> <laughs> and this was, this was, it was just high speed, nonstop pro wrestling for nine minutes and nine seconds. Can't not say anything about it. Love Dookie, love Despy, love Nasawa, love Yohei. Just the right four guys just to have a blast. And that's what this was. Nothing more, nothing less. Beautiful. Your thoughts, John? Yeah, this was just pure fun. It was fast, full of just dickhead antics because there's no honour amongst thieves. And just... <laughs> your hair is what Shaw wishes he could be. Yes. Like, your hair is the perfect antagonist. He's fast. He can trash talk to, the, like, the end of the day. And he can do the sort of, like, mischievous bullshit, but not look like an idiot doing it <laughs> like unlike Shaw, your hair was like molded for this character and he's kind of grown into it perfectly whereas Shaw is still trying to work out what the fuck he's supposed to do now that he's evil yes 
that is the trouble, isn't it? And it's just, but yeah, we it it just this was great. And I've got to say, Dookie is such a good wrestler now. Like, I love that New Japan are finally letting him do stuff. It's like, yeah. oh god, we had this amazing luchador that we didn't use. Well, we brought in as a stand-in, and just look at it now. He's sort of. Um, it's there's something New Japan do better than most other companies. I know we've had our problems with Chase Owens because of his attitude and his decisions outside of the ring, but he came in as a stand-in in the best of Super Juniors, was a solid wrestler who delivered what they wanted at the time, and has stayed with the company for six years. Dave Finley came in as an alternate in the best of Super Juniors. This this is a story. Ended up going to the dojo, became one of their best single stars. Dookie was an alternate, best of Super Juniors, has become a solid player for them in the junior heavyweight division and done some incredible things. You know, he's that's what New Japan do better than any other companies. Take a guy who may not have found his place anywhere else and make them big. And that's that's the important thing for them. I think that's I think that's something they do so incredibly well with people, and I think they don't get enough credit for it. Uh, I agree, and it's it's great to see like a guy that I was a fan of when he started in Best of Super Juniors, just because mm. again it was a person they brought in to be an asshole that was great at being an asshole, sort of rise through the ranks from taking the fall guy to being part of like the glue that holds most matches together because he's that damn dependable. Well that LIJ Suzuki match on the second night of Wrestle Kingdom was mainly him and Takagi and he hung with Takagi for like 15 minutes and was exceptional with him. You know, he was on Takagi's level. And that we can't ask him on that. If you can hang with a former world champion and look good doing it and get near falls off of him that he sells for you. And you're doing your job right. We also talk about how damn good Nasawa is. Yeah. Like, is there a better psychopath to have in your fashion than <laughs> Nasawa? Like, he starts off by just punching Desperado. He's like, oh, hey, it's good to see you. Bam! And that, he's just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, but he's, again, he's another veteran that like, knows how to hang a match together. Better than most anyone else on the roster. And you'd hope so, because he's the booker. <laughs> so, yeah, but it all works, doesn't it? That's the thing. He's got all these ideas that he knows how to lay out. He is New Japan's Dick Togo, in that sense. But closer to Ghetto, I would think, really, overall. But, yeah. Shall we move on to the next match? Yeah, the fun keeps on coming. Indeed. Sugi Aragon had a bit of an issue, because their, their ace in the whole Kenta had dislocated his hip and broken his nose at Wrestle Kingdom after the aforementioned ladder match with Hiroshi Tanahashi. So, Takayashi Sugiara and Kazuchika Sakuraba went into their Rolodex and Sakuraba remembered he was a member of Chaos and rang up his best mate, Toriyano, who came to join the Noah side against his lifelong enemy, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi and Takamichinoko. In nine minutes and 37 seconds of an absolute blast of a professional wrestling match that was just as entertaining as it could be. And these six living legends uh, just ran at each other for 10 minutes and it was just fun. That was just fun. Everyone had a big smile on the face, except Suzuki, obviously. So yeah, this was great. I really enjoyed it. It was, it was just nice to see them calling back on storylines from ages past. And um, I said when Noah, when um, Kenta was joining this team, you can't have members of Bullet Club and Chaos in the same team. It don't work. And I'm glad they redressed the balance. <laughs> Sorry for Kenta. I hope he gets better soon. But yeah, this was cool. I enjoyed this. What do you think of this one, John? Yeah, I, I laughed when I saw that they brought Toriano out as the replacement. I was like, oh, God, of course they went with Yano. Because it's like that twofold sort of sucker punch because it's like oh yeah Sakuraba was in chaos so of course he could call on Yano and they're facing Minoru Suzuki Minoru Suzuki hates Yano so (laughs) he can poke the bear and have one of the most completely insane yet unbelievably reliable tag team partners on the planet in Yano yeah there you go yeah that just led to this sort of 
extremely physical confrontation because we didn't we didn't really get much of comedy Yano, did we? It was no, more... it was it was but it was pretty much straight up and down Yano because he didn't have an awful lot of time to hang about. He had a little bit of comedy in there, but they had to get going. So, you know, and when you was them two monsters, you got to move, haven't you? <laughs> and it, it was great because you had um, Tai Chi getting away with chokes because they're not chokes; they're the Greco-Roman throat hold. Whereas Michinoku is just continuously being admonished for choking because he's not doing it the hold properly. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this was fun. If you if you if you want the most fun match of the evening, I would guess it was this one. Though I've said that, the next one was quite a lot of fun as well. The best thing is, this seems to be leading... Like, a lot of these matches are hinting that this isn't the only event we're going to get between the yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. Because we've got teases for, obviously, Inamura and Ishii. And now it looks like Sugira and... Or Sugiara and Suzuki are preparing to square up as well. Yeah, because that's a match that's, like, seven years in the making. Because Sugiara gun evolved out of Suzuki Gun when he left Suzuki Gun after spending his time there whilst he was in Noah, then turned his back on Suzuki Gun to start his own faction. So yeah, there's lots of stories to tell um with those particular wrestlers. And that's that that just is it's it's nice to have a match that's kind of more story based and as a bit of a relief from the bloody murder everybody was hitting each other with. <laughs> Speaking of stiff Oh dear, Go Shiyazaki and Masakitamiya defeat the House of Torture, Dick Togo and Evil in 9 minutes and 53 seconds. And they knock seven bells out of one another in this match. Um, Togo and Evil did the full House of Torture thing, but Shiyazaki and Kitamiya were having none of it. And they figured out a way through it. And then they demolished the House of Torture in 9 minutes and 53 seconds, which was the most enjoyable thing to see. Didn't get much love from the cage match, guys. 5.17. Uh, but I thought it was a lot better than that. I would have given it sort of like seven or eight, to be honest, because I enjoyed this. This was good. Uh, a little bit sloppy in spots, but I think that's more down to people have not wrestled each other before and timing issues. But it, once they got past that, everything was cool. What's your thoughts on this one, John? Uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> not your thing? I, I don't hate it as much as the cage match, guys, but I I was pretty uninvested in this one. It's like you've got Go Shiyazaki, former race, one of the top guys in the company, and you put him against Evil in a House of Torture match. It's like it just feels like a sort of, oh, we know who you are, but we don't give a fuck type of match. And like, yes, it had its moments. Yes, I love seeing House of Torture get slapped around like bitches, but it was you also, just but you've got mind, evil evil is the never open weight champion new japan are really high on him they think he's great that's why he's in this position i understand what you're saying but i don't think they were underselling shiazaki and kitayama but i just think it was because otherwise togo the only reason why togo was that was to get pinned obviously but i think it worked i know what you're saying but i disagree it's like i get why they did it i just to an outsider it's not gonna look that way no, but I mean, you know, how many outsiders are watching Noah versus New Japan? <laughs> this is the thing. I mean, it sold a bunch of tickets, the whole show. This was the biggest, this was the second biggest show of the weekend. The first night at Wrestle Kingdom was 12,000. The second night at Wrestle Kingdom was 5,000. Yeah, and then this night at Wrestle Kingdom was 6,000. So 7,000? What was the final number? 7,077. You know, and they sold all the tickets they could sell. Yokohama Marina is 14,000 capacity, but with COVID restrictions. It was uh, actually a bit of a sly dig on commentary at, during the pre-show. Yeah. I think it was, was it the pre-show? Where, I think it was Chris Charlton said, oh, this is one of the biggest houses Noah's wrestled for in quite some time. And I was just thinking, oof. <laughs> They got 6,000 at Budokan by themselves. They didn't need your help then, did they? It's it's like, I don't think it was meant as a dig. No. I think it was meant as a sort of, oh, look at like, the company sort of stepping up to a bigger league. And it's like, it's not by much, really, because they're drawing that kind of, like, if COVID restrictions weren't in place, they'd probably draw that kind of number on their own. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Chris has been a bit salty as of late with his commentary. I did like his Wrestle Kingdom uh, 2, Night 2 comment of um, <laughs> Will Ospreay, if you'll pardon the expression, Kevin, 
is a right bell end, um, which you know can't be argued with. Um, but there we go. Uh, shall we move on? Just on the last sort of note for this match, like I I enjoyed mm. it because like Shiazaki is just compelling in any role. Like, yeah. Even playing along with like the House of Torture bullshit, he didn't big league anyone. He didn't try to like make it all about him. He still sort of played to the story and in the end got to cave Dick Togo's chest in. With I, I, I will I will say Kit and me have played the perfect role of the heavy coming in to save Go Shizaki as well. You know, it, it, they were they were clearly you know they had a team meeting. They knew what they were doing. They knew what they had to do. And they got the job done. That was that was the point of this match was we gotta beat him. It's just figuring out how. And they knew how to do it. And that was that was great. Kids and me looked really good in this match, I think. Yeah. So. The Noah team kind of showed everyone in New Japan how to be a proper tag team. Yeah. Well, we... everyone that needed that lesson, cough, cough, house of torture, cough, cough. <laughs> Even though they've only been tagging for a few months, really. Um, right then. Uh, we're getting into the meat of the show, if you will. Naimichi Marufuji and Yoshinori Ogawa defeat Yoshinubi Kanemura and Zack Sabre Jr., which I thought was an interesting result. 15 minutes, 20 seconds. This had a, a lot of connective tissue. Kanemura, of course, a true King's Row player, one of the founding members of the NOAA roster, um, left the company to go to All Japan with Burning and with uh, um, Ghost... Uh, Akiyama back in early 2013, then left to go back to Noah, but really he'd signed for New Japan and was a member of Suzuki Gun, then came back to New Japan with Suzuki Gun, and then has gone back to Noah to do this match. Zack Sabre Jr., of course, uh, was a former dojo member at Noah um, after his initial matches with uh, members of uh, the Noah roster in the UK and in Germany, and Naimichi Marufuji was one of those guys he wrestled. And all of this stuff together makes this an exceptional storytelling match, which was just perfectly told. Um, of course, you've also got cross cross groups. Kanemaru and Saksevaji are both Suzuki Gun, but Ogawa was in Stinger and Mary Fuji's in Ems Alliance, but they got together to do this match because Ems Alliance and Stinger are kind of both babyface teams, so it doesn't really matter. But you know, it all worked so well in this match to watch a bunch of people who don't normally wrestle each other or haven't wrestled each other for a very long time. Because Zack Sabre Jr. and Nagawa used to be GHC Jr. heavyweight tag team champions. Um, and Kanemura and Marafuji have had loads of matches together. So this was a proper dream match, I think. What's your thoughts on this one, John? Yeah, once you understand like the depth of this match, this is just a two, like a total ass kicker. Yeah. Like you've got two of the kings of the junior division in Kanemaru and Agawa. You've got Marafuji, who is basically considered one of the heads of the company. And they're all just sort of linked together by history. So, hey, guess what? We're going to kick the shit out of each other. <laughs> God damn, this one got stiff. Oh, wow, yeah. This was old friends reintroducing themselves to each other. <laughs> oh, it's like they say you can lay in the most with the people you're like most comfortable with, but holy shit, then these guys are all best mates. <laughs> no, especially Agar and Sabre Jr. who've been you know, fans for a long time friends for a long time and um yeah it's just just solid just solid wrestling proper wrestling and they quite clearly enjoyed themselves as well Seth Sabre Jr. had a grin on his face for most of this match it was just joy to watch absolutely brilliant I don't think Kanemura had a grin, grin on his face by the end of it the amount of shots to the head he did <laughs> <laughs> but yes excellent this was one of the better matches of the night it but, might have been but, the best match on the card, I think. Um, oh, the next match coming up, I think, might just swing it. So, uh, on as we take cast your minds back to the night of the second night of Wrestle Kingdom, um, you may remember the Congo team, led by Keno, went down to ringside to challenge along with the Hontai team, led by uh, uh, Kimiya went down to challenge the Junior Japan guys and who should come out to face down, of course, Keno. It was LIJ, or at least three members of LIJ. <laughs> and so this was proper LIJ versus Congo. Alaya, Katsuki Nakajima, Keno, Manubi Soya and Tadasuke 
and they went up against Bushi, Hiroma Takahashi, Sonada, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Naito in all their pomp and glory. 26 minutes and 33 seconds of the best 10-man tag you will see this year. There will not be a better 10-man tag than this. This was as good as it gets. The only thing was, for reasons best known to themselves, Congo left Tadasuke in the ring with Shingo Takagi, and it didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying Tadis, I don't believe in Tadiscate. He's awesome. However, it won't gonna work. Just just no. If you could have cornered one guy off with another guy off, you want to pick these two. I'd rather have Bushy up against Keno. But there you go. Your thoughts, John. This was amazing. Like I can't I'm not even gonna pretend to bullshit. This was amazing. This was such a good goddamn multi man tag match. Like everyone got their time there was no dead weight there was no one left out and there was just so many little moments between like certain wrestlers and again much like i was talking about psychopaths earlier nakajima is another example of a great psychopath (laughs) well yeah this is it it all matches up i mean bushy hates soya takahashi hates it's heyo isn't it um, but how? he wasn't in how, sorry, how he hates how, but he wasn't in this match, so he picked on how anyway. He was sort of ringside, but he really doesn't like a layer either. Takagi hates Nakajima. NATO doesn't know who Keno is, but he seems to be annoyed by him. <laughs> <laughs> so this was just this is just excellent. Um, sorry, carry on. I did interrupt you mid fly. No, it's just it's nice to see one of these matches where everyone just sort of clicks, like there's. There's something to be said when you can take a 10-man, make it last half an hour and not have everyone hate it. Yeah, Like yeah. And I love the fact that the first thing that happens is Nakajima and Naito just sort of smirk at each other. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm the younger, better version of you. Or really. (laughs) Yes, yes, I am, because I still have my belt and you don't have yours. And I have my (laughs) knees. Uh, yeah, there was so much to enjoy in this one, and it, it's always poor Tadasuke that gets the bloody short end of the stick. Oh, bless it! Or in this case, the short arm ar- lariat to doom. Of course, indeed, made in Japan, if you will, followed by Last of the Dragon, which kind of caused an abrupt end to the proceedings on the on the Congo side. But I I get the feeling it's the last we've heard, not the last we've heard of Lij versus Congo. I, no. uh, of all of all the hints and stuff on the sidelines, this is the one that kind of made me go, ooh. So yes, this was a lot of fun. And then we had the main event of the evening, which is the match that really kicked this all off. If you go back to the beginning of lockdown when no one could wrestle anyone, Keito Kiyomiya made an open challenge to Kazuchi Kurokata. He said he wanted to feel the Rainmaker. And I want to see what the Rainmaker's like made of. And that became a theme for this particular match. And then things get kicked around. Tanahashi gets added to the match. Keiji Muto gets added to the match. And you have a smoking hot main event between the two best wrestlers in the world and the leading lights of New Japan for the last 15 years versus their former company's former ace and the guy that turned on New Japan, turned its back on New Japan when he saw the money of all Japan. And more importantly, Matoko Baba and Keita Kiyomiya, the rising star of Noah, who feels that Muta has been holding him back somewhat because he was the rising star and then all of these old men turned up, which isn't an unfair thing to say. <laughs> and then they had a really good match that told an incredible story of Kiyomiya feeling out of his depth, feeling like he'd been kind of pour in over his head and then slowly but surely figuring out how to live with the best wrestlers in the world. And that was the story they told. Muta was there kind of as nice window dressing because I love the guy, but at this stage in his career, he is window dressing and that's not necessarily a bad thing when the window dressing is this good. And this just told an exceptional story, which is really what the Noah New Japan rivalry is all about. The senior wrestlers who are at the top of their game and Kiyomiya, the young star coming up is a good allegory for these two companies. One company is 50 years old, one company is 20 years old. And one day that 20 year old company will get back to the top of the tree and knock New Japan down a peg or two. I have no doubt. You know, this is the 
22nd anniversary, I think it is, of, I'm sorry, the 20th anniversary of uh, Misawa versus Akayama at Tokyo Dome, which they sold out. So, you know, that's an interesting thing to figure out. Noah used to be able to sell the Tokyo Dome out by themselves. They didn't need help. <laughs> so, yeah, this one was exceptional. What's your thoughts on it, John? Yeah, this this genuinely had that big fight feel about it. There was yeah. a lot of story in it, a lot of star power. And again, Kaito Kiyomiya is only 25 years old, which is considered very young by sort of like Japanese wrestling stars. And just look at what he's capable of. Like the storytelling alone is incredible. He's obviously been the youngest Noah champ and he's now trying to find his way back up after being knocked down so heavily. And it's kind of funny that they paired him with his like proverbial ball and chain and Keiji Muto. <laughs> <laughs> and as you said, yeah, Muto didn't really need to factor into that match all that much. He picked his spots, he had like got the most out of them, and he did some cool stuff. We got to see the Shining Wizard, the taunts, the submissions. And yeah, it was mostly Kiyomiya doing the heavier lifting. A, because he's got the knees to do the heavier lifting, and B, just because at the end of the day, this whole show was there to make him and Okada look incredible for when they eventually have their singles match. Which they will do, there is no doubt about this. Yeah, I mean, um, Kevin Kelly made an interesting point of commentary during this as well. Is like cards like this only happen when the politics align correctly. Two wrestlers may want to wrestle each other, but then you've got to have a company that's going to be involved and promoters and referees. And, you know, Kiyaji Muto can have those conversations because he's been having those conversations for 30 years, whereas Kiyomiya can't necessarily have those conversations yet. And that's not. That's not just a storyline. That's true. You know, if you put Keiji Muto's name on a um, bill somewhere, it attracts attention. And Kiyomiya doesn't have that kind of attention yet because he's not a living legend. He's on his way to being one. And that's the difference. Okada, Tanahashi and Muto are the guys. They're the guys that can do the thing. Kiyomiya wants to be the guy that does the thing. And this is the story of that particular grist against the you know the establishment which is all it really is you know it's an age-old story of of japanese industry since the second world war grinding up against the people who were at the top you know and that's the thing and there was a really interesting way they sold the end of the match kiyomiya loses to the rainmaker in the end and he bursts into tears at the end of the match and okada says to him it's not the way you react to this it's not the way you lose it's the way you react to this which is good advice because it threw me back to Tanahashi versus Okada at Wrestle Kingdom, what, five years ago when Okada walked into the building as champion and looked unbeatable and then lost it to Tanahashi. Tanahashi was supposed to be washed up. He's done. He can't possibly do it again. And he did. And that's the, you know, and, and Okada left in tears. But Okada's been back to that top of that mountain. He's won that title two or three times since and become this the greatest wrestler in the male wrestler in the world who's first ballot hall of famer for the um wrestling observer newsletter this week you know he's already a hall of famer and he's long from retirement yet that doesn't happen very often and that's the that's the compelling story to tell between these two wrestlers is there anything else you want to say about this particular match other than I don't, not really we've kind of wrapped it up nicely it's at its heart it's a very simple story told very damn well with like additional elements there to make sure things aren't lost or that attention is kept because like as much as we want to see Okada versus Kiyomiya it wouldn't work at the moment no you've got to build him up to be on that level. I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing. The thing that stood out for me before the match is Okada and Tanahashi are just stood waiting for the match to start. And they're just stood there wearing championship belts and they look like gods. They look heaven sent. You know, this these these are these are the wrestling gods directly in front of you. You cannot say anything more about them. You know, just look at the way they stand. Just look at the way where they are. It's just a certain presence about them. And Kiyomiya doesn't have that presence yet. Muto has that presence. 
he and Mia can get that presence, but it's it's those main events and hammering hour-long draws and you know wrestling in the arse end of nowhere in on a Tuesday in front of 500 people night after night after night representing your company and wearing that belt as the first representative of your company that's what gives you that presence and where we are we, sport is a predetermined quote-unquote fake sport but it still needs doing <laughs> you still got to go and do that you know it's um it's it's always like surprises me like when people say um it was the the thing about Nicky Hayden when he won his one world championship it was only because Valentino Rossi fell off on the last round and it was like well yeah but Nicky finished first and Valentino finished behind him he won the world championship doesn't make him any less deserving because he still had to race for 18 rounds and get the points at every 18 rounds and win races and test the bike and you know be away from his family for weeks on end and all those things you go to be world motor gp motor gp world champion whether you do it once or you do it 10 times you still have to do it and that's the key thing with kiyomiya is he's still on that journey but he does remind me an awful lot not, not in style not in presence but he does remind me of a young rake maker in that sense of he knows where he wants to go and that's a powerful thing to play with and that's what i like about this story have you any other thoughts on this particular show, John? More like it. This was actually enjoyable New Japan. Like, <laughs> this was the one show out of the entire Wrestle Kingdom trilogy I wanted to watch. Yeah. And, I mean, just in the way we've talked about it kind of proves why. Like, sure, it was still bogged down with some House of Torture shit, but, like, it's it's so much more enjoyable when there's new things to do we've seen new japan spin its wheels doing the same old stuff like stories same old matches same old feuds mm. for over a year and a half so to have this exciting spark in the form of noah just going hey guess what we're taking over and hell being mostly successful in that yeah, like that... with this year being the year of cross promotion I am actually excited to see what New Japan does. Me too. The 50th anniversary from New Japan should be exceptional. Um, Okada asked, asked Antonio Inoki to come down and see him at ringside at some point with his health allows him, and I think that would be really cool to see. Um, we already had the dragon Tatsumi Fujinami turn up and wrestle at Wrestle Kingdom. There'll be some cool and interesting stuff. Um, uh, I'm looking for a Gleet cross-promotion at some point. That'd be really cool. <laughs> but I think we're definitely going to get an All Japan crossover and probably a DDT crossover as well before the end of the year. So that'd be really important to the companies. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But it, again, it is because it's made wrestling seem vital by doing this. It's made things exciting again because it's just new. You haven't seen the stuff. We haven't seen these same five or six guys looping around in the main event. And I think that's the biggest problem New Japan's had is that yes, you've had Takagi and he's had good championship, a good championship run. But you've still gone back to Okado, who is the right choice at this moment in time. But you've got to give him something new to do. You know, you can't just give him Tanahashi and Nato ad infinitum. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> you're getting you're getting what happens to like DNA when there's too shallow a gene pool. There's just yeah. it's just it getting in, it's just inbreeding because it's like. Oh, we've done this one. We did quickly did that one. Right, now back to this one. And it's... How long... It was, I mean, it depends on... Like, I was I was reading about the history of the NHL a few years ago. Like, the NHL originally started with six teams in Montreal. And, like, or six teams around the Montreal area. And that's where the NHL started. The National Hockey League isn't the American Hockey League. It's actually the Canadian National Hockey League. They just let American teams in. Anyway... These six teams were the, the best professional teams in the world and they attracted all the best professional players. And it was back then when you didn't have big squads, you had six players or eight players for, for submissions. So eight players versus eight players. So there was only six times eight, uh, 48, 48 paid playing positions. So the 48 best high hockey players in the world played for those positions. But you can't do that in wrestling. That was the great, apparently that was the greatest period of hockey in hockey history. You know, people still talk about it now, 90 years later, about how good it was. Um, but wrestling doesn't work like that. You've got to keep motivation and moving things forward. It's one of the reasons why, you know, 
I think the World Boxing Heavyweight Championship lost people lost interest because it was always the same three guys who were wrestling, bite boxing for it. And in wrestling, it's even worse because mm-hmm. you've got things to turn over quicker. So you've got to keep like moving things forward. But hopefully New Japan have learned their lesson. I know we're going to start with NATO versus Okada, but it's the anniversary show and I'll let that slide. <laughs> That's fair enough. Your two biggest, most popular wrestlers need to wrestle each other on that show. That's fine by me. I'm okay with that. When they do do the New Japan DDT crossover, we better get Minoru Suzuki versus Yoshihiko. Oh, that'd be intriguing. Like for the obviously for the King of Pro Wrestling Cup. Yes, I'm like, not sure. If, I'm not sure if Ito Respect Army will be allowed because they don't like indigest wrestling in New Japan, do they? So, so we'll just we'll just make Suzuki fight the best professional wrestler in DDT. <laughs> And then watch as all the people who can't have fun lose their mind as Minoru Suzuki is having a five-star match with a doll. Yeah, Akiyama tags with him, and that's uh, that tags with them. I don't see why. Like, why? What are Yoshiko's um, pronouns? I every time I like I always went with there then just because I never knew, but I'm as far as I know, it's it's a male doll. Oh, okay. Like I, I thought it was a female doll. See, this is it. The, there's that much debate online. I imagine it's changed over the years, but every time I've seen it recent, like seen it recently, it's been like he, like oh no, here comes Yoshiko, he's going to kill Brooks or something like that. Okay, there definitely was a girl in, in in their younger days, so maybe they're transitioning. Hey, DDT is the progressive company. Indeed, they are. That's true. <laughs> anyway, that pretty much wraps us up. For oh God, the that's true. the other sort of loose thread. Do we reckon we're ever going to get this Ibushi Kamatani match? Uh, possibly. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It depends on how well fit Ibushi is, really. That um, Phoenix splashes. True. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure when Ibushi's due back off the shelf. Um, he has had some clattering, awful illness issues in the last 12 months, though. So I guess we'll see. Um, anywho, that's the end of the Troopany Show for today, where we look to Wrestle Kingdom 16 in Yokohama Arena. I'd like to thank my guest slash co-host for the day, Mr. John Dinsale. Where can we find you on the internet, sir? You can find me at Twitter handle John Deathman. That is the gateway to hell that will lead you to all my writings, my ramblings, my opinions, my attacks on certain Dead by Daylight players using Leatherface because they can't play the game properly. And yeah, just everything fun along there. Okay. You will find me at Showflying Site. You find the show Troopany Show on Twitter. You can find us at Troopany Show, the Troopany Show, sorry, on Facebook and on Patreon, where you can see the Troopany Show free forever for everyone. Uh, next week, we will be looking at Hard to Kill from Impact Pro Wrestling. Myself and Marcus Greed are going to look at that and we're going to delve into the meanderings of the Ring of Honor titles once they left Ring of Honor. And indeed, we'll be back with Ring of Honor come the spring. They said they'd be back in April. Turns out they are. I think everyone can rejoice at that. So take care. You've got that to look forward to next week. I'll speak to you soon. Bye.